you took your tax return to mm-hmm. basically build a multi-million dollar empire. Yeah. Can you explain? <laughs> 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 right? Yo, even you just saying that is 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 so crazy. Because what is going on? You know, <laughs> Travell Simpson, a man who transformed his humble tax return into a remarkable multi-million-dollar empire through commodities trading. In this interview, he shares his best tips that helped him reach the one percent. Not about where you're going; it's about all the answers that you have answered now. Travell even shares his dark sacrifices that most of us wouldn't make. She looked me in the eye and she said. When I was a little girl and I dreamt of what my husband would be like, mm-hmm. I didn't see a man who was working all the time. I ate that line and then I immediately didn't care. Mm. This is the woman I was going to give my life to. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Travel Simpson. Uh, just to represent my, my team and my guys, I'm the president and founder of The Drive Group, uh, which runs itself as a trading think tank in the beginning. Uh, we now do venture investment and real estate investments uh, across North America. Uh, is is our current footprint. And we're obviously open to, to be able to expand that to the rest of the world. Dope. So I, I when I came across that clip, yeah. I was doing my research and I came across, you took your tax return to mm-hmm. basically build a multi-million dollar empire. Yeah. Can you explain? Right? That's the title. God is good, man. God is good. Can we, before we get into what's going on now in yeah. your empire, can we uh, get a little bit of a lead up onto where you started this journey? Yeah. I mean, uh, yo, even you just saying that is, is, is so crazy because what is going on, you know? <laughs> um, that's big, first of all. Yo, the way that happens, I'm at a New Year's Eve party. I'm going to start using names because I feel like we're comfortable here. <laughs> I'm at a New Year's Eve party that's being hosted by my boy Ryan. Yes. Uh, Ryan, who I went to York with. Ryan, who's my closest friend from college. Um, Ryan is throwing a party at a place that used to be called Sit on 7. I don't know if anybody remembers Sit no. on 7 in Vermont. No. Shouts out to people who know Sit on 7 in Vermont. <laughs> it's a New Year's Eve party. I'm sitting there. I see a guy in the corner popping bottles of champagne. And I know him from church. I grew up in church. Shouts out to Bramley Christian Fellowship, BCF, the Church of the Red Roof. I go over to him. I said, well, yo, this is crazy. Go, going berserk. When I say berserk, like it was a rap video over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said, what's going on? He goes, I manage I manage money in the markets. Mm-hmm. You manage money in the market? Yes. How do you do that? Hey, look, man, obviously it's a New Year's Eve party. Give me a call. Call him that day or that, that week, sorry. He explains to me that he's doing what they call foreign exchange trading, forex trading. He was connected to a company that was a bit more of a multi-level marketing thing. Okay. That wasn't for me. And back in the day, we heard that scam type of thing. I had been, I had done so. I grew up, uh, my father, his attempt at entrepreneurship, he tried to do Primerica. Okay. So I, I heard grew that. up we, going to seminars for Primerica. Yeah. In like 96. And yes. I mean, six years old, and you're sitting there and they say, if you sign up, six people, you can yes. get to CTTPM, yeah. you know? <laughs> so I saw my father. So it's not that it was a, it's scam. not that my relationship with, with it was it, that it was a scam, but I saw my father do that and say, oh no. Yes. So I grew up knowing probably not, not for me. Mm-hmm. But the underlying product he was talking about is what was interesting, which was managing money in the markets. The real vehicle was derivatives trading. Yes. So most people think of stock. A stock of something is like, let's say Tesla is a huge company. It's worth multi-billions of dollars. And they're going to bring out a stock, which is a, a, a stock of interest, a share of that company. And you could buy or sell that stock. Yes. That stock is for its raw value. So the bigger Tesla gets, the more expensive that stock is. Okay. That's simple 
simple economics for publicly traded companies. That's where people see their stocks. You're trying to buy and sell a stock yeah. for that company. Somebody in the market owns the stock. They're trying to sell it. Yeah. So on and so forth. Somebody in the market's on the outside trying to get in mm-hmm. and buy more. That's stocks. Stocks is a big boy game mm-hmm. because most stocks that you can rely on are already very expensive. Okay. Because they're well-established companies. And they're for the public. Though. And they're for it's the public. It's already too late. It's already a bit too late. Other than that, you're getting into IPOs, which is initial price offerings. Yes. Where they'll come out and say, hey, look, we think we're going to be a huge company. Okay. But uh, you could buy our stock early. The problem is that what became true as we got closer and closer to the new millennium with the internet boom is that by companies were going public, by the time they were going to their IPO, they already had huge valuations. Okay. So even the initial price offering price was expensive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay? They're still worth it, mm-hmm. but expensive. Perfect perfect example of one of our generation I always talk about because um, technically, I guess we could have done it Facebook 2004. True. So that's around... Our age of you know 14, 15, at least in, in my circle, Facebook's going to go public, uh, I think, uh, three years after their seed investment. So their seed investment from Peter Thiel, I think, comes in 2004. Mark kicks Eduardo out of the company by the start of 2005 Yes, by doing a, a very interesting stock maneuver, stock dilution maneuver, which wasn't illegal. It's very interesting if, if you're into business. Be careful in your partnership. Did you know that the black dollar leaves the community within six minutes? That's why we are excited to introduce the new Black is the New Rich app designed for the black community to be more intentional about where we spend our dollar. The directory consists of mostly financial services like real estate agents, financial advisors, tax consultants, mortgage agents, videographers, photographers, and many more. With our app, you can easily find and connect with quality services that are owned by black entrepreneurs. And to ensure the integrity of the service on our app, all directory members are held accountable if they receive multiple bad reviews. Our mission is to circulate the dollar and provide quality services to our community. Download the Black is the New Rich app today and start investing in your trips. Um, and then they go public by the end of the year, but they go public with a $100 billion evaluation, pre-money mm-hmm. though. Yeah. So then all the public money comes in. If you, if you bought that stock sort of, if you, if you bought Facebook stock at the time that the movie came out, the yeah. social network, yeah. you, you could be possibly be a millionaire now. That That's kind of yeah. what, what that does. Derivatives trading is where a financial institution or a bank lets you leverage, lets you take a bet on a fractional... Like against it or for it. Against it or for it on a fractional piece of that stock. Okay. So what it'll say is instead of the value of the stock, okay, it'll say, hey... Stock price is moving. It's going up and down. Yes. How much do you want to leverage that stock will go up or down a dollar mm. and will lend you the leverage to make that bet? Okay. Now, when I was coming into the game, there were places giving you leverage up to a thousand to one. Okay. So they'll let you bet a dollar like it's a thousand dollars. Oh, so is, are you working for a company or are you working for yourself? Working for yourself. But, okay. you, but you sign up, you do your, what they call KYC, know your customer. Yeah. You submit your driver's license. You, you know, upload your credit cards. You got to upload yes. your money. And then the broker is giving you access to the market to then take these speculative bets. Okay. Okay. What I fell into in derivatives trading was commodities. Okay. I liked the movement of oil. I liked the movement of gold. I liked the movement of silver because these were things that then were were valued against the US dollar. Okay. So in gold's case, it'd be what is the value per ounce of gold in US dollar? Okay. And that is a value that is shifting minute by minute, second by second, moment by moment. Okay. And what derivative trading lets you do is say for the next hour, I think it goes up. Okay. If it goes up a dollar, you owe me back money. If it goes down a dollar though, I owe you money. So trading is very timely. Very timely. 
very and very time, time consuming as well. No. Oh, okay. If you are a good trader, you don't spend long doing it. Okay. What you spend long doing is your homework. True. Right. Okay. Because you're trying to find your entry point. Okay. Right. So it's like you say, it's like being a boxer. Mm-hmm. Let's say you get into the ring and your coach says, "Hey, you're looking for the right hand." It might take you one round, two rounds, three rounds to find the right hand. Mm, but if you find it, that makes sense. Probably only got to go two yeah. or three of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found the right hand. Yeah, he'll give you the perfect setup. Hey, when he throws double jab, yeah, he, he leads this way. Slip to the right, throw the right hand. Yes, it may take you all day, but if you find yeah. the double and jab, you're patient and you patient for it, and you throw the right hand with everything you have, you're gonna yeah. knock that person very much into uh, into next week. Okay, that's okay. how trading is. The thing that happens with traders is they get arrogant. Yes. Right? They get, like boxers, yeah. they, they start to feel themselves. Yeah. So instead of looking for the right hand, they just start throwing the right yeah. hand. Then they get touched. That's up. how Garcia got knocked down the first yeah. time yesterday. Definitely how Garcia got knocked. See, I'm a boxer fan. Yeah. That's how I knew, By the way, I knew Garcia was going to get touched yeah. up. That's how everybody who would listen, Garcia was going to be eating through a straw for the rest of his life. <laughs> it, it didn't quite happen, but he hit him with a body shot. Yeah. No defense on that guy. Yeah. By the way, Devin Haney's next. Devin Haney's going to school <laughs> Lomachenko May 20th. I'll be there in Vegas. I'm telling y'all right now. Yo, for free, I'm telling y'all, Devin Haney's going to be too much. It's going to be the two kings of the lightweight division. If Devin Haney stays at 135, that will be the super fight at the end of the year. I'll give that to y'all for Yo. free. But um, I got into derivative trading. Yes. So my tax return comes in. I upload it to this broker. Yeah. And then it's time to try and apply my knowledge. The way I had tried to learn derivative trading was a, a website called babypips.com. Mm-hmm. It kind of teaches you through the process of, of, of what I've tried to describe. And you're just taking educated guesses on what market price is going to be. Okay. If you're right, the market pays you. If you're wrong, the market takes your money. And the first time, how did it go for you? First night, I doubled my money. So I, I went in with $1,500. I made $1,500. You're so excited. I was great. I mean, I had no risk management. I probably should not have done it that way. Yeah. But, you know... Uh, it helps to be lucky sometimes. Second night, I doubled my money again. So I would have gone from uh, 1500 to 3000 then 3000 to 6000 uh, And then on my fourth night, I lost about $4,000. So I was oh, back down to 2000 Jeez. But I now understood... How to play. That this could be done. I now understood that this could be done. It's just honing discipline. So then it was a journey. Then I was still working at that time. So the first journey is, okay, let me make back the four I just lost. Yes. So we do that. Then it's okay... Let me hold a certain float in my trade account. Okay. Whatever that number ends up being. Yeah. Then it's okay. Let me pull money out of my trade account every other week. Mm -hmm. And how much is that? So then it was, let me pull enough out of my trading account to match what my job is paying me every other week. Yes. If I have a job that's paying, you know, $3,500 every two weeks. Yeah. On the other week, I got to pull $3,500 from my trade account. Okay. To double my money. Yeah. Then it's, let me pull double my salary on the off week. Jeez. Then it's, let me pull double my salary every week. Uh-huh. And then th- these are the little milestones that you put together. Um, and then for me, the big, the big, big breakthrough trade was after Brexit. Uh, so. What is that? Brexit happened back in 20, 2017. Okay. When uh, the UK elected to leave the European Union. Okay. Uh, so was there. Yeah, no worries. <coughs> The UK had elected to leave the European Union. There's a market confidence vote that still happens to this day uh, in the UK. Yeah. And Brexit was unprecedented. Just as a point of reference, Brexit has taken the careers of three or four prime ministers. Okay. Right? Because that's how that's how de- de- decisive and divisive a decision it was. But there was a, a market confidence vote on Brexit that had always been 9-0, always yeah. unanimous. You yeah. Know? It went eight one that day, and for whatever reason, I just I felt I'd done my homework. I I, I felt I knew that that's 
the market would have a a, a, a strongly adverse reaction yeah. to Brexit. And I just max leveraged a, a trade. Uh, that worked out. That worked out. So I think on the morning, my trade account had about $10,000 in it. I, yeah. I was doing okay. Because, you, you know, you're pulling some, you're making some. Yeah. So I think my trade account had about $10,000 in it. By the time I closed the trade, I think my trade account had $95,000 in it. Holy shit. And I, I had to hold the trade for uh, uh, 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Yeah, because the news comes out, price went up, and then it was really just the lag time of me closing my position. Can you explain the um the correlation between politics and trading? Oh, because gosh, I, I yeah I heard oh, you gosh, explain yeah. it on another interview and it was a pr- it made me understand because I didn't know anything about trading beforehand. Yeah. yeah. So politics, uh, in terms of how I understand it, probably because I was a politics major. Yeah. Politics is the understanding of how to allocate scarce resources. Yes. It is people's response to the idea that there is not enough. Mm-hmm. This is what politicians are both trying to manage mm-hmm. and be in control of. Any sense of unrest politically yeah. is unrest economically because it informs how people will respond okay. and people drive the economy. Okay. So if people are in a position where they're willing to spend money, price will go up because people are willing to spend money. True. When are people willing to spend money? Maybe when you know everything's fine, when everybody has jobs, uh, when there's sporting events. When yeah. there's, you know, this is why the Olympics make money. This is why the yeah. Super Bowl makes money. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when are people not willing to spend money? When there's layoffs, when mm-hmm. there's no jobs, when there's war, yeah. when there's unrest, when but there's right natural now. disasters. Mm. That's when people are not willing to spend money. Okay. So what do you do when people are not willing to spend money? Well, one thing you do is you got to start cutting prices because okay. you got to get them to spend money. Yeah. But the second thing you do is you got to make it expensive for them to hold on to their money. Mm. Because, oh man, you know, I don't want to spend right now. I should save. But the economy is going to say, uh-uh, we need your dollars to keep this thing going. Okay. The economy's a crank. Okay. So you start hiking interest. Ah, what's happening right interest. now? You got you to gotta hike interest because your mortgage payment's $1,000. Okay. And you want to hold on to your money. Okay, now your mortgage payment's $1,100. Okay, now your mortgage payment's $1,200. Yes. Now your mortgage payment's $1,300. Yeah. At some point, you're going to think to yourself, I better do something with this money. Yeah. Because I'm not going to cover this $1,300. Yes. The way I was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That stimulates what? Investment. Mm-hmm. That stimulates what? You go to the bank, you get a loan. Mm-hmm. That stimulates what? You maybe t- try an opportunity to get a new job. Yeah. So you create an opening of your old job. It allows you to rejig unemployment. It allows you to rejig social programming. It allows you to get people to move overseas. They come to places where the economy is maybe dry and they warm it up. And all of that is something that a politician will see. Mm-hmm. Because they're understanding if you create a stress point here, you're creating an opportunity here. So your political background. Yeah. It- it helps you trade 100%. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I would say that my uh, my strength as a trader, if, if you're looking at the disciplines, I would mm-hmm. say that there's a couple. You have some guys who are great economically, yeah. phenomenal economists. I'd say I'm, I'm a decent economist. You yeah. some guys who are great technically. Yeah. And then you have some guys who are amazing at applying both their economic knowledge and their technical knowledge to make a decision. Okay. I'd probably rank high on that level. Okay. If my economics was better, I'd probably be a lot more decisive. But what I do know is that once somebody tells me what the economic is, yeah. what the economics are, yeah. I'm technical enough that I could probably get the market right for you. Okay. Jeez. You know? So with the level that you are at now. Yeah. You've been through a lot. You've taken you've you've taken losses. Yep. You've you've bounced back. What would you say your mission is at this point? You know, um, my personal mission or mission for the company. I try and look at those two things as separate. Let's do both. Okay. I remember an interview once where Will Smith said that a girl broke up with him in high school, and his goal was to be the biggest actor of all time so she'd hear his name. Yeah. <laughs> 
that's my personal thing. I gotta, I gotta, I'm not, you know, somebody got to be out here, Google me. And yeah, 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 yeah. Tracks, tracks, tracks. Um, for the company, especially in this country, as I've been able to move forward, what I've realized is that, you know, we're growing up and we say, man, how come there's not a lot of big Canadian businesses? Feels yeah. like all of our good Canadian entrepreneurs go overseas. Yeah. Um, we have favorable tax rates for corporations, actually. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a bit better, but we don't have corporate boosters. Okay. The truth is that our government does not is not conducive to large companies wanting to stay here. Yes. It's the truth. But I think that that should change. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love for our company... I The stories I pulled the greatest inspiration from, mm-hmm. I take inspiration from the Apple story. Okay. Steve Wozniak, Steve Jobs building something in a garage. Mm-hmm. But I also take something from the character idea that they don't talk anymore. Mm-hmm. They built a multi-billion dollar company. Obviously, one of them's dead. Mm-hmm. God rest his soul. But even near the end of his life, they weren't talking. Mm-hmm. I think of... Uh, the nature of a of a Microsoft story. Mm-hmm. Bill Gates, Paul Allen come together to make a company, but Bill Gates is number one mm-hmm. selection. Uh, not number one. I, he was hired a bit later on, but a guy he had to bring in was Steve Ballmer. That's mm-hmm. a guy he loved. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> a guy who hadn't put up any money for the company, but he believed in his work ethic. He brings him on board when Bill Gates is ready to step down and they're asking him, hey, Bill, who's going to be the first non-founder CEO of this company, the company that has run computers for the past two decades? Who are you going to give that horse to? Paul yeah. Allen doesn't want to do it. He was just happy to be a software guy. Who's your pick? He said, I'm going to pick Steve. I mm. trust Steve with what with me and Paul built. Okay. I trust Steve Jeez, that's... with what me and Paul built. Him and Steve Ballmer don't talk anymore. Mm. Him and Steve Ballmer don't talk anymore. People have their own opinion. Maybe Steve has his own opinion about yeah. it. But I think there's a character study there. Yeah. Um, so I would love for uh, the drive group in its uh, creation, in its execution, to provide a character study, hopefully, for young men and women that both look like me but don't look like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously, primarily, I'm trying to be the answer to the question that I didn't have answered as a kid, cool. which was, who at that level looks like me? Mm-hmm. For me, the answer was always nobody. So I'm going mm-hmm. to try and do something for somebody. True. If, if I could, yeah. But for the people that don't know, can you just briefly explain what the drive group does sure, and looks sure. for? Yeah. So uh, obviously trading expanded our, our, our cash base, um, w- which we were grateful for. Tried our hand at education, yes. uh, bringing people in, teaching them uh, how to go. Now they kind of work as consultants. It's, it's really great. They're able to, to trade some of our profits. You know, some friends that, I, that I've known from church where it was a, a brief meeting over coffee now, now mm-hmm. uh, reap the benefits of the company, which is great. Uh, but from that, what we really wanted to do is private investment. So okay. we invest in, in businesses uh, and, and companies that are ready to scale and move forward mm-hmm. or companies that need to sort of be started. Okay. Um, it would be great to be the next, to, to be an investor for the next unicorn. Yes. Right? Um, to, to, to be swift enough to pick a, a good business, to bet on the next rock star founder. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you always want to buy real estate. So we're always looking for good real estate investment opportunities as well to be a part of a strong ownership group. Yeah. And that just comes from my perspective that, you know, you could either, and and it's just my philosophy, you know, Mm -hmm. it may change. Mm -hmm. Our real estate investment philosophy right now is you could either buy a single family home, renovate it, and that one family knows that you made their one home. Yeah. But if you're in that business, you're going to be in that business for a long period of time. Yeah. That's my personal opinion. Yeah. What we instead do is I'll be a 5% minority shareholder yeah. on a 20-story building. Yeah. Which I'm going to look at that and say, okay, that's where we're going. Yeah. It is It is a it is a real estate philosophy that forces us to push ourselves. Yes, exactly. Because one day, 
uh, we will be the lead investor on a building like that. Yeah. Uh, one day that will be our story. And I think that taking this sort of humbled uh, investment approach, we're always kind of the smallest voice, smallest gun in the room. Yeah. But it helps when you're around bazooka. But you but you help push helps. the needle. And we need that. Yep. Yep. Okay. So that's what we look for. So obviously what we do at Black is New Rich, like yeah. we're just trying to get our community to build better business. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And obviously you get to oversee a lot of businesses. What makes a, a good entrepreneur and a good a good leader to you? Yeah. Um you know, what makes a good entrepreneur? I love that question. It's always hard because it's not specifically universal. You'll know this from your from your athlete background. What makes a good leader is not universal, but what makes a bad leader is. <laughs> Bars. <laughs> so, so in that regard, it's hard to answer your question. Yeah. Somebody's going to be listening to this and say, okay, what is it? Yeah. They're not going to hear me say something. Okay. But I will tell you Fair. what is not. Okay. An inability to make a hard choice. Mm-hmm makes you a bad leader. You mm-hmm. got to be able to do it. Even if it's the wrong one. You, but you got to pick. Fair. I like that. You got to pick. You got to like live that. with it. Uh, right? Okay. I, I remember I, I played football. Mm-hmm. The best quarterbacks I ever I ever played for didn't care about the interception mm-hmm. because he knew I got to throw it before I got hit anyway mm-hmm. because I got to live. I got to live to, to, to another play. You have to believe in your abilities enough to make a decision mm-hmm. and believe it's either the right decision or I'm good enough to fix this mm-hmm. before it costs me. Okay. That's what you got to think. Yes, yes. I'm sure yes. you've been there on yeah, the court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is either the right thing yeah. or I got to be good enough yeah. to make sure it doesn't cost me. Okay, fair. A great leader needs to have that level of fearlessness. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes uh, a, a great leader, I think, um, or a weakness is you, you got to be able to motivate your team. Mm-hmm. Motivation doesn't mean you got to pat them on the back and be rah rah. Mm-hmm. Motivation doesn't mean that they got to hate you. Yeah. But you got to be able to get them something. Yeah. To drive them to the next thing. True. Right. I think of coaches I had that I hated, but I played for them. Mm-hmm. And I think of coaches I had that I loved, mm-hmm. and I played for them too. Facts, facts. So it's not about how you do it, but mm-hmm. you got to make your team feel something or we are not going anywhere. I also think a bad leader micromanages. Yes. What do you think about that? I think. So it's hard to say bad leader, but yeah. I don't think you get the best out of people when yeah. you're micromanaging. I think there's a season for everything. Fair, fair. So I think about when I used to do like these apprenticeships, like these construction apprenticeships. Yes. There'd be a period of time when the guys over me, hold the saw like this, hold it like that. Th- that's necessary. That's not, and I appreciate it when it's, I'm not showing you this again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's necessary. And, and you let me go. Yeah. So I would say that a bad leader perhaps doesn't know when it's time to let go. Ah, Fair. Because training, I do think, has its place. Mm-hmm. But a bad leader doesn't know when it's time to let go. Okay. Uh, a bad leader is insecure. Yes. A bad leader, uh, or I shouldn't even say that because I think perhaps all business people and athletes and artists are mildly insecure. We all have insecurities. What I would say is that a bad leader reflects their insecurities in a bad way. Fair. Um, You've probably been there where you're on a team or you're in a company there's somebody who's the leader, mm-hmm. but the number two has a lot going on. Trust me. They have a lot yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah. And the best <laughs> version of this team is for the leader to have been confident enough, let the horse run. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we're not challenging your leadership. Yeah. We just want to win. Yeah. A bad leader doesn't know that. Yes. A bad leader doesn't know that. Yeah. I don't have to be the best today. Yeah. At this part, for this moment, for mm-hmm. right now. We just got to win. Mm-hmm. I'm still the leader. Mm-hmm. And everybody will respect me for the fact that I was able to say, no, no, it's not me today. It's them. Mm-hmm. Let them go. Yeah. And I'm supporting them. And clap. 
That is a good leader too. That's like, like Kobe game seven final when Ron Artest hits that shot at the end. Yep. Kobe actually only had 19 points that game. Absolutely. And that's the example that you're talking about. Absolutely. Mm. That, that That's why I always say um, that first year, Miami together with LeBron James, mm-hmm. I always say LeBron James has the worst finals uh, for his career yeah. because of who he is. Elaborate. His numbers weren't terrible. There's a game where they lose and he has a triple-double, but it's yes. an 18-point triple-double. Mm-hmm. And you see Dwayne Wade going through the roof. Yeah. And I always say, LeBron, you have to read the moment. Yeah. They had J.J. Barea on you. Yeah. This yeah. guy. Yeah. 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 I get it. Because LeBron, he's like, man, I don't, you know, I'm yeah. explaining it. Yo, you have to read the moment. Yeah. Nobody would have taken none away from you, LeBron, if you just said, yo, guys, it's J.J. Barea. Give me the ball. 100%. A year later, when Dwayne's knees start to go a little bit mm-hmm. and they're down, to Boston, mm-hmm. that's when you get God LeBron, 47 points, Yes, and I also think rebounds. what was uh, big in that series in terms of leadership, yeah. Dwayne Wade publicly said, LeBron, this is your team. Yeah. So I think that was a great form of leadership. Speaks to Dwayne's leadership. Yeah, that's what I mean. Speaks to Dwayne's leadership. And LeBron's ability to sort of embrace that, to go with that, LeBron's ability to go play with Kyrie. Yeah. I always say this, LeBron played amazing. LeBron played amazing in Cleveland, played amazing in Cleveland, played amazing in Cleveland. The three-point shot that was the game is Kyrie Irving's shot. Yeah, 100%. The three-point shot that was the game is Kyrie Irving's shot. 100%. And I think LeBron always knew the three-point... Kyrie going to quick this guy. We gotta, yeah. That's what we got to do. Um, so I, I think is that... I think... I don't know that there's a mark of great leaders, but I think bad leaders are ones who are not able to move us forward. Yeah. Are not able to move us quickly. Mm-hmm. And are not able to move us past their own insecurities. Okay. Okay. I would say those are things. You got to be able to move past your own insecurities. You got to be able to move quickly. And you got to be able to move decisively. Okay. Uh, because even if we're wrong, we got to get there fast. So we Facts. Can I agree. Yeah. So in terms of us and business, mm-hmm. right, as a community, yeah. what do you think we need to improve on? And you could be as raw as possible. Yeah. I think... i'm I'm gonna say this is an analogy from when i used to make music okay Uh, we all can't want to be the rapper fair (laughs) fair fair what i'd say we struggle with in our community sometimes is we all want to be the rapper yeah even if you're the guy holding the camera yeah you're telling somebody Yo, you know I rap though. Yeah, bro, that's not that's yeah. not what we here for. Yeah, yeah. Eat a rapper. Everyone a has to have a role. You gotta love love the camera, man. Yeah, love the camera manager. Love the management. Yeah, uh, beat maker. Love the beat making. This is the rapper. It's not that they're more important or more special. It is just that this is their role in this process. Okay, right. I think we struggle with that. I what in my in, in my interaction with the community, I see a lot of people who want to be the guy. Yes, individualism. They always want to be the guy, especially in the city. They want to be the guy. They want to be known. They want to be the guy. They want to be the guy. They want to be the guy. The greatest gift uh, of my uh, career, Mm -hmm. because I did know I wanted to be a guy. Yeah. I did not know that. But it was a few years I spent as a head of operations for a tech company where I wasn't the guy. Mm -hmm. I worked it like it was my own. I would try and command the respect of the staff. Mm Mm-hmm. But the the decision to embrace the humility of saying but this at the end of the day ain't my football, mm-hmm. that's the guy. Mm. And the ability to make that, to see myself do that and to know how rewarding that is, was important. So that by the time, you know, the drive group started to pick up, in my in, my, in the person who is my guy, yeah, especially so it's like being on both sides of it. So I remember when I was the guy's person. Yes. Now I know how I feel about people point at me and say you're the guy. Yeah. 
And between me and, and my number two or my one A one B, yeah, there's so much respect. There's so much yes. reverence because you've been in both positions. And it's it's that respect. And I look in his eyes and I know he's not trying to comfort us. Mm-hmm. Top job. He respects. Yeah, you go out there, you do that because yeah. he knows the respect is the there. Respect is there. It doesn't matter. You know the respect is there. So that's what I'd say. So uh, listening to you speak, I I I believe you call that an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur, yeah. Can you explain what that is and yeah. why that? Because you've been in the position, yeah. why that position should be more popular yeah. and why it's so important. So we saw this happen a lot uh, post COVID with our podcasters. Yes, in yes, our, in, our, yes. In, our, in our in our in our community. Yes, where the issue became, yeah, but you didn't put up no money. Yeah. We saw a lot of those. Yes. But you didn't put up no money and I'm doing the money. And this is another thing in our community that you got to make sure, you know, if they're number two and you're number one, you got to talk to your team a certain way. Yes. You are responsible to talk to your team a certain way. Elaborate on that. Actually, I think that's important. Okay. Um, Part of the reason in our community, I'm a, this is going to be a very, this is going to be a commentary a bit more on like us, the, the, the black male experience. Yes. Okay. The black male experience is filled with so much pressure. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll say it a different way. I cannot conceive of an experience that is filled with more pressure and disrespect simultaneously. Facts. A black man will go one place and be revered, yeah. go another place and be mocked yeah. on the same day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he wants to be the guy because yeah. he knows how they'll do him. Yeah. And he knows how they do him if he's not. Yeah. I think the reason in our community everybody wants to be the rapper is because in our eyes and in our execution and in our feelings and belief, we only give the rapper respect. Fair. That is a community issue. Mm -hmm. Because we look at other communities, they love the producers. Yeah. yeah. They love the right. Look at film. Yeah. Film. Oscars. If you look at film, (laughs) they will love the actor. They'll say the director was amazing. Mm -hmm. They'll say the producer was fantastic. Mm -hmm. They'll say the second actor was amazing. They'll Mm -hmm. say the second actor to the second actor was amazing. They'll say the wardrobe designer was fantastic. But in urban music and urban culture and where we grew up. We think it's only one spot. It's it's the star who dropped the most points. Yeah. It's the rapper who was on the cover. It's only recently that we're coming over to showing these producers love. True. In, In that way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or, or, or giving an executive producer love in that mm-hmm. way. Dr. Dre is amazing for hip-hop. He's a terrible rapper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But he was releasing albums because he even he knew at that time, they're not going to show me what they got to show me if I'm not out here on the stage. Yeah. Rapping. Facts. Diddy is amazing at what he does. He has no business being a rapper. Yeah. But what does he create? Diddy creates unrest in his camp because he takes your best song because he knows I got to rap it or else they won't let me be Diddy. Oh. How long was that the case? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I think needs to change holistically from that from that from that uh, black male experience. We need to start respecting everybody levels down. Fair, fair, and that starts from the top. That starts from the bottom. top. So when it goes to your point of saying, why does it matter how you treat your number two? If you have a guy in your squad and he's a black dude, mm-hmm. he's eating enough, not being the guy. Yeah. Don't 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 belittle him. Don't man. yeah. Fair. Don't belittle him in public. Fair. Don't trade. I get it. We all come from, and I think it's because we come from that sport background where it's like, yeah, I can say anything to you because mm-hmm. we team. But one thing that we never remember, when you used to cuss me out, we were at practice. Yes. The the whole team was here. The power dynamic was kind of already yeah. in place. Yeah. When you chirp me out now and worry in public, that's and different. it's a different sport now. It's, it's a different sport. It's mm-hmm. a different game. Mm-hmm. You cannot talk to me like that in front of people. Exactly. Fair. That's because a good I point. I have to explain to people why you talk to me like that. Yes. And it's embarrassing. And then my explanation usually has to 
include I'm not staying with this dude no more. <laughs> you yes. know what I'm saying? Because yes. why do you talk to me like that? Yeah. When people sometimes people will come to me and they'll say they'll say things about like you know people will come to you and they'll, they'll try and get you. Yo, why you work with him? Yeah, that's my dog, and mm-hmm. that's all you're gonna hear from me. Mm-hmm. I might have had a very big issue with what he just did, mm-hmm. but I know that that is a black man. Yeah, I cannot turn on him in public. Like exactly. That. I gotta take him one side, and I'll, you know, we'll have a whiskey. I'll mm-hmm. dash him with my brother. Yeah. We'll go a lot further than if I betray him right now to communicate and connect with you. Our issues gotta be handled behind closed doors, absolutely, because we're already at a disadvantage. Absolutely, fair, absolutely. I agree. And I think that a lot of leaders need to do that. Okay. Too many times leaders are performing for the audience. Fair. They're performing for the audience and not performing for their staff. Fair. If you're a leader, you're performing only for your staff. Fair. Only for your staff. Only for your staff. I I learned that being on a film set, the director's there for the actors, yeah. not the people who watch the movie. Mm-hmm. Question. Yeah. You once had a vision yeah. that only you had. Correct, yeah. But you had to explain that vision to maybe people around you. Sure. How did you get them to buy into it and actually... Uh, invest in what you had going on because I think that that's a hard thing to do. Uh, everybody who believes in the vision today did not initially believe in the vision, but they believed in me. I agree. I, I okay, so fair. They didn't believe what I was saying. Okay, they had no idea what I was talking about. Yeah, but they said, "But I know you, mm-hmm. and if you believe it that much, <laughs> there must be something there." So I got your back. Okay. So yeah, it's the the I know it's a, it's it's romantic to think everybody believes in the vision and da da da. No, they believe in me. Mm-hmm. They, they believe that you no, know, you know, Travis said he's going to do it. He's going to give it the best he has and. I'm going to try and support him. And um, I would say that is the, I would hope, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, when they look at the drag group, I hope the height line of the relationship that I would ever want is the relationship with me and my guy. True. Me and my guy. Mm -hmm. Because he is an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. But the reason why he's an entrepreneur is because the ability to put up the money is not the desire to work for the company. Okay. So why is it important? It's important because... He knows he didn't put up money, mm-hmm. so he doesn't talk to me a certain way. Yeah, but I know he would have if he had it. Yeah, so I don't talk to him a certain way. Fair, it's respect. It's respect. Mm-hmm. But you see, if I was sitting there and I, and I pulled, if I pulled it one day, I know it. <laughs> yo, we love each other. <laughs> yeah, but at the end of the day, he ain't no punk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If I pulled it even just one day, <laughs> yo, bro, you ain't even. Yeah. He, what? <laughs> because one thing that him and I know is how much I need it. Yeah. How much I need it. Yeah. Today, who cares how much money you put up then? Yeah. There's nothing compared to what we're doing now. And you need me now. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Talk to me like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You know fair. And that's fair. And that's a good level. I don't want to say fear, but just respect just again. Respect. That that and but and you have to be careful who you're vulnerable with. So there's nothing wrong with admitting, yes, I put up the money and technically I'm the leader. Yeah. But this thing does not work with you, 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 and you. Yeah. I'm gonna let both, I'm gonna let all three of y'all or all four of y'all or whoever that is mm-hmm. know that. Mm-hmm. They will say it to me. And I'll be out there and I'll thank you guys so much. But I'm going to come right back and we'll give it to y'all. Yes. Like, guys, that's us. That's why we go on vacations. That's why we go to have meals. That's what it's us. And that's yeah. why if people who are in my inner, inner circle yeah. and like come and have like these celebratory moments with me, they ask, yo, where's, where's so? Because they yeah. know he's here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has yeah. to be here. Yeah. Because we're not here if he wasn't here. Fair. And, and, and then also, it shows the people who aren't there. Mm. That's a serious. It's not the advice that I give out. It's the ones that haven't been gotten. Yeah, yeah. Yet, that's know? when that hurts. That's bit. sending a message too. Mm. So I'm not sure about the right or wrong way, but I do really think it just comes down to respect and the way you talk to people. And you know, when I was a when I was a number two, I really wanted to shine and I wanted to do the best I could. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to do the best I could in the name of my number one. Fair. I was like, I was willing to do work and then take credit. Okay. Because it's about the company. It's not mm-hmm. about me. Mm-hmm. 
Same thing with my my guy now. He'll do work and let me take credit for it. Yeah. There's stuff I've been. There's stuff I've done. I did not plan it. I did yeah. not send the emails back and forth. I did. I showed up. Yeah. And it was facilitated by my team. Yeah. So I think those things are important. Okay. Amazing. <coughs> so investors, we all have businesses or business ideas, but a lot of us need uh, help. Mm-hmm. What are investors looking for? Hmm. So the question is, what are investors looking for? When it comes to your business or if you want to invest in a business. Like what do I look for if I'm investing yeah. in a business? Uh, just commitment. Mm-hmm. Uh, structure is key. Mm-hmm. A good team. Mm-hmm. So it's not about, um, it's really not about where you're going. It's about all the answers that you have answered now. Fair. So who's in charge? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do if you get the money? Mm-hmm. who's staying, mm-hmm. who's not staying, mm-hmm. who's doing a full-time, who's not doing a full-time, who's getting replaced. You know, like just all these questions. Yeah. If your team is intact, your plan is intact, yeah. Um, and your perspective of what you're going to do with this capital or this this assistance or this extra attention or, or yeah. this extra support is intact, then it's then it's perfect. I, you know, when, when I, we launched the contest, because we had a contest where we're going to give away some money to a, to a startup, I got D- I deliberately sort of given that process away to the team, but I got DMs from people saying, "Yo, man, I wish I had my business plan." Mm-hmm. You already lost mm-hmm. because I know if I saw a contest, I'm putting together my mm-hmm. business plan. Mm-hmm. My message to you is, that I wish I had it. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. Message to you, I just sent it. Take a look. Mm-hmm. If if you're gonna message me anything, yeah, because that's the productive ment- that's a productive mentality. Other than that, you're defeatist. Yeah, you know, you know. Luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Facts. So you have to be a hard worker to be lucky. 100%. <laughs> you got to be a hard worker to be lucky because you got to prepare. Mm-hmm. You cannot control the opportunity, but you can't control your preparation. You got to prepare. I'll tell you a full circle moment Let's right now. Tafari. Yes. I just recently met him through um, somebody recently just mm-hmm. about his movement because he's supposed to come on the podcast. Yeah. And then, so I've just been over the last three months, I've been following, we've been following each other online. So I've been seeing his stories, how he's building Hutsey. Yeah. And then when I did uh, uh, research on you, cause I found out uh, literally about you a week ago. Yeah. And then um, I've been, I seen his story. Yeah. He said, apply for this, da 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 da. Did it right away. Yeah. And then I met you and then I realized you're behind it. So full circle moment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Too far. I mean, too far as a, uh... That's probably the best example of a. Also, also proud when we made that investment. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you. My yeah. next question is, what in his like? What did he? I don't want to like make it personal, but yeah. I want to know what what some what can um an example like his? What can you give to other businesses that he got your investment? Tafari knew his business inside and out. Mm-hmm. It was just that simple. I mean, there was not a question you asked that he didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um. His, his reference leading up to this point. It felt like it was the business. You know how Jay-Z always says that? Um, they say, what's your favorite album? Mm-hmm. He says, well, Reasonable Doubt will always be at a high level because that's the album it took my life to make. Mm-hmm. Hutsey feels like the company that is the culmination of his life events up to this moment. Mm-hmm. And maybe the next, you know, if things going, he'll have another company that don't be that same sense. Mm-hmm. But it really just feels like an intersection of all of his life experiences. Mm-hmm. He seemed very passionate and ready to to take it to that thought and to do that. Mm-hmm. Um you know, he was also from where I was from in terms of, you know, you're looking for your tribe, right? Yes. 
if you're gonna do a quarterly meeting update with somebody, you want to feel comfortable. You want to feel like it's a it's a it's a doll. Like mm-hmm. it's probably like we'll touch road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go out. You know, yeah, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> you kind of you kind of like that because I'm, I'm I'm not just winning with a person. I'm winning with somebody who I really want to see win. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think it was that, but I don't want to say that that's a unique experience. But it was it felt almost divine. I came off the call because we grilled them hard on the first call. Mm-hmm. Um, we came off the call and it was three of us. It was the business development agent who brought it in, uh, my 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 guy, mm-hmm. my, uh, my head of operations, and myself. Mm-hmm. And I said, guys, I, I I know I know we grilled them hard, but I wanted mm-hmm. I wanted to that thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's dope. Because he did a great job. Man. Dope, dope, yeah. dope, yeah. dope. So uh, on another interview, I heard like. Okay, you, in the morning you do your trading, mm-hmm. right? And then you go out into the world and you're doing your uh, your drive group, right? And I you mentioned something like, okay, um, there's certain cultures that own certain things like yeah. Portuguese and insurance. Yeah, uh, so, uh, you so, know, so Italians are going to run real estate. Yeah. Italians are going to run real estate in a certain region. Portuguese are going to run real estate mm-hmm. in, in another region. So yeah. like Richmond Hill, Vaughan. Yeah. Do a lot of Italians, Portuguese. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to get into... Uh, you know, uh, in downtown, you're dealing with a lot of you know, Jewish people. Yes, right? yes, so yes. A lot, of, a lot of communities and cultures have a full hold on yes. certain regions for sure. Legacy money. So my vision just for us is that one day I want us to be on the Monopoly board. I like, you know, Boardwalk and Park Place. Yep. And what entities are we going to own? Yep. What do you see? So someone could be like, oh, the black people over there, yep. they got this lockdown. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. It's like, I used to think it would be food. Mm. Not and I don't mean it as a sense of like even just being food. Mm-hmm. But I mean like if you're a if you're a landlord, yes, and you're of a community, mm-hmm. do you have a mandate that ensures that one of your food vendor options is of your culture? Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't. But I think like it what do we export the most as a community, as a culture? It's food, music and and, and sort of attitude. Almost, mm-hmm. right? So as much as you can do that from where you sit, it's yeah. important. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Fair. Um, like we're like, Hutsi's a, sorry. <coughs> Hutsi's a financial tool, mm-hmm. but it's a financial tool geared towards a community that we come from. Fair. So then it advertises on those community platforms. True. It's taking up space in the community conversation. Yeah. Once we make it a successful business, every day is going to come. Success breeds success to arriving. Yes. But your core initial audience is who and what? Okay. I think answering that question will help us get okay. into the game. Because, you know, as they say, uh, if the Italians own real estate, they're not only selling to Italians. Yeah. Other people live there. Yeah. You know? Fair. But they're controlling the creation. Yes. I was just about to say they're that. controlling the creation. We can control the creation of a whole lot. It's just about what do we want to pick. F- fair. And we, I- we should... We should I'll say okay. I'll even put it this way: um, the nouveau, the nouveau, the nouveau rich, the nouveau, uh, the nouveau Nubian, the nouveau cultured mm-hmm. uh, should run the uh, festival industry in this city. Yes, that's a it big one. It. it shouldn't even be close. Okay, it actually shouldn't be close. Fair, because you think what are our largest festivals? Mm-hmm. Largest festivals tasted it down for. Yes, yes, Food-wise. yes. Then you have Carabana. Mm-hmm. You have Salsa on Saint Clair. Mm-hmm. How many of those things you think they get done without black people? <laughs> oh, facts. But okay. here's the thing, though. Like, even in our entertainment, yes, we want to be rappers. Yes, we want to be hoopers. But we don't even, con- like, in, 
you know a lot more about music than I would, but we don't even control that. No. And that's a problem too. But we can. It's just those organizational commitments. True. Right? Like, um, I think it was last year there was a, a, a festival that went terrible. Like, they had, they had oversold yeah. tickets. Yeah, I know. I, 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 I don't exactly remember. I Yeah, they try to do half price for the next festival too. And wasn't it PopCon? PopCon yes. said, the festival must show <laughs> 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 I, you know, I, I remember this. Um, oh God, the journalist Brandon Gomez had this. This uh, the guy on is like, you know, Brandon, we're so sorry about the festival and the patrons. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's not what we wanted to do, Brandon. And we bring popcorn many times before. Yeah, we bring yeah. him, you know, we bring him his first visa for popcorn. And, yeah. and I'm thinking, you know, it's crazy. The investment group for this festival tapped the one black guy probably at the table on the shoulders. Yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. Threw him out there. Come yeah. On, that's sick. So let me one guy, me. Yeah. A festival that big, a mistake that large, one guy. Yeah. I want you to think in your heart and mind, if there was a festival that big and that large. For anyone else. For any other culture and community, do they send one guy? Never. Uh-uh. Never. They send the person who's responsible Never. for the tickets. Never. And, and the, the, the president will sit there. The head person will sit there. But they're going to keep deferring. Yes. And I learned this when Twitter had issues. Yes. Dorsey would sit there. You know, that's a really good question. Uh... But, you know, Purdy is here to answer our community guidelines. <laughs> yeah. He waits. Yeah. Every time I see they send the one token black guy, yeah. I think that wasn't black invested. Yeah. That's the problem. Mm. So over the last couple months, I've been researching. I've been just doing research on the Orthodox Jew, Jewish community. Yep. And I found a, a guy on YouTube and he was explaining how his community works. Yeah. And I'll just make it very simple. Um, he was saying uh, they get into high profitable business like real estate and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. And he was like the real estate agent, Jewish real estate agent will only do business with the Jewish mortgage agent, mm -hmm. which will only do uh, business with the Jewish developer. Right. And so on and so forth. And what brings them together and what binds them is their faith. Yes. Right. And I feel like that was that's important to have a greater entity uh, that they fear yep. of doing bad business yep. with black people and us. We yep. have so much different faiths. Yep. Right. We have the Muslims. We have Christians. Yep. We have. And then you ha can go on the denominations yep. of faith, which kind of gets confusing. Yep. And and I don't mean to be disrespectful in any way, but some of our churches have robbed us, too. Yep. Right. Of course, yeah. So. My one question that I'm kind of um, that I kind of stumble upon is how can we create that oath yeah. between ourselves with so many different faiths? Yeah. Oh man, so many layers and levels that I want to <laughs> I want to approach. So okay. first things first. Obviously, I grew up in church. I, I do identify as a Christian. Mm -hmm. One of the first things I did when I went to school is uh, when I say school, I mean college. Uh, I went to York, and there's a class called Christianity in Context mm -hmm. that I took. Mm. I took it on purpose because the entire purpose of the class is to contextualize through academia Christianity. Yeah. Which is a nice way of saying they're trying to debunk a whole lot of this stuff. Yeah. In that class, they run a lineage timeline that expresses the age and the years of which these faiths have hopped up. Mm -hmm. As part of that class, you have to read the Quran. I read the Quran. Mm, big. Our faiths are different the same way the Mona Lisa is different from a Basquiat. Mm. But they both have paint mm. and are Fair. trying to express something mm -hmm. true and beautiful. Mm -hmm. What 
radical, and I, I do blame Christianity for this a lot because it, it, it's been radicalized and it's caused everyone else to stand on their square. Your faith and the specifics of your faith are designed to govern how you deal with your God. That's Fair. what the specifics are for. Fair. So however you feel about, uh, uh, you know, however you feel about whatever the, the, the nuance issues are, right? Yeah. Uh, how you feel about sexual identification? How yeah. you feel about you know different washrooms? These are designed for how you govern your home mm-hmm. and how you interact along with your nuclear family with your God. Mm-hmm. That's the specifics of the faith. The uh, blanket truth of the faith is that we deal with everyone the same anyway. Mm. The blanket truth of the faith is that we deal with everyone the same anyway. I think what people miss about Christianity is that the rules are designed for us to govern ourselves. Fair. The rules are designed Fair. for us to govern ourselves. Fair. It is not designed. It is not designed for me to govern you. Fair. It is designed for me to guide you if you receive conversion. Yes. But it is not designed for me to govern you. Mm-hmm. To that end, I'll say this. And I, I, I did that sort of topsy-turvy thing, and I've shared a bit of hermeneutic. Please don't cancel me. <laughs> but I've done all that to say that what the Jewish guy is capable of, the Christian, the Muslim, the Jewish... Uh, and the atheist, mm-hmm. well, maybe not the atheist, maybe, mm-hmm. but th- at least the Muslim, the Jewish, the Christian, and the seven denominations under him should all be capable of. Mm-hmm. Because what happens when I go home doesn't matter. Yes. What happens is when I come out here, do I want to handle you fair? Yeah. And each and every single one of those denominations and faiths should want to do that. Yes. The problem is, I think we're looking at our faith from the wrong paradigm. Okay. Uh, that we're trying to control as opposed to share. I agree. That we're I agree. To, we're trying to be the. We're trying to be disciples who have never been discipled. Yes. So we don't know effective ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say this is a guy who grew up in church. I've worked in a church for like three years, right? Yeah. I have so many feelings about this. That, yeah. I mean, when you say the church has robbed you, the church broke my heart. Mm-hmm. But I serve God. Mm-hmm. Fair. But I serve God. Fair. Man will always fail. Fair. But I serve God. Fair. Um, the problem is we also live in a church culture where people deify their pastors. Yeah. You know, go say, go pastor. Pastor James Church, James are 19, you know, I'm the spirit of God. Yeah. And he's pumping his secretary. <laughs> yeah. Pumping his secretary. But yeah. I serve God. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. If, if what your pastor, I'll tell, I'll tell you right now, I'll, I'll look down camera, right yeah. on the bill. If you're currently going to church and your pastor could do anything that will cause you to not go, who are you serving? Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're going to a church because it's the closest one to you, or you're going to a church because you community because of the community of fellowship you have, mm-hmm. or you're going to church because you love the worship music, or you're going to church because you love how you how you feel the vision is being casted, the vision is casted from God and embowed by the pastor, not by the pastor, but nonetheless, if you like the vision of your church, you like the worship of your church, you like the fellowship of your church, you like the community of your church, what can your pastor do to make you not go? Yeah, exactly. Who are you serving? Fair, fair. Who are you serving? Fair. Okay. That's all I'll say. Okay. The greatest example of this, another one, I'm yeah. going to get canceled. I'm, 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 I'm trying to get canceled today. We're, we're here. Prayer Palace. Yes. For those who are in the evangelical church community, Prayer Palace is a linchpin. <laughs> because if you say the name Pastor Miko, yeah, some people will have a whole lot to say. Yeah, yeah. And some people will say nothing. Yeah. But the interesting story are the people who still go to Prayer Palace. Okay. And when you ask them, you say, man, you know, Pastor Miko, this is I know a story of Pastor Miko walked into a tailor shop with a wad of cash, paid for a suit. Dude thought he was a drug dealer. Jeez. That's how Pastor Miko was getting it off. Jeez. You know what I'm saying? But people said, I come to serve God. Yeah. So I think that if, I think there would need to be some sort of 
faith-based revolution. Yeah, that's what I think too. Sometime in order I'll- to create what you're talking about because the fundamentals of the faith don't prevent it. Fair. You're right. The fundamentals of the faith don't prevent it. That's not been my hermeneutic. Yes. I've worked with Muslims. Yeah. I've worked with atheists. And I agree. I've worked with Italians. I've worked with Catholics. I'm not the barrier. Yes. The way I understand the faith, I'm not the barrier. Now, let me tell you something. When I go home, I go home very specifically. I live my life very specifically. And it's very private. There's a there's invites you'll give. I will respectfully decline. Fair. I, I will respectfully decline. I won't yeah. say, how could you? Have you not seen my yeah. cough, my loin, <laughs> yeah, my, yeah. my, 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 my scripture? <laughs> I respectfully decline. Yes. Right? Um, but yo, your, your, your faith is not your barrier. Your yeah. God is not your barrier. Yeah. Your God is not your barrier. He's your protector. He's not your barrier. Yeah, because the, the main thing is I'm just trying to bridge the gap between our connection. Like, I'm just, just trying to I just figure that, that out. I think it's people. People. If people, need to, if people reformed their perspective on faith, it would both then reform their perspective on business. Fair. And a reformed people are a dangerous people. Yes, yes. Um, what the Jewish guy is talking about is a consistency over time of a single focused mentality. And that's what he said too. That did not require reform. Yes. But the church has been getting reformed every couple of decades. Yes. So we just have to commit to reform. The problem with reform is every time you reform, you got a bunch of people saying, ah, I like it the old way. And then they stay. So Uh, now we're not unified. There's a disconnect. We need the whole church to be reformed. And if you don't want to reform it entirely, then we just have to reform ourselves in one area. Do we all agree on how we should handle other people? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, man, even that's going to be World War Five. Yeah. But that's where you got to get. Can we all agree on how we handle other people? Okay. Not other people who are, not other people who did, not other people Just who think. Can we all agree human on how we base. handle other people? Yes. I've read the Bible. It does not make that part sound hard. Yeah. That part has actually always sounded very specific. Okay. The hardest thing in my faith or for me as a business person is as I evolve and I get a new perspective on things, realizing stuff that I thought was right is now wrong and figuring out what I'm going to do about about it. Uh, Not how I'm handling you. Yeah. That's your internal stuff. Okay. Because I get to a point and think, man, I thought it was okay. Mm -hmm. But, oh, man, it's not okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I I shouldn't be doing that. (laughs) Okay, that's fair, though. That's the hard one. That's fair. It's not other people. So I think that we're capable of what the Jewish man is talking about. And I agree that, you know, I had an Italian guy look me in the eye. He goes, I've never been screwed on a deal because my my word is my bond. Mm-hmm. If I shake your hand to do it. Yeah, that's where then, I want us to get. get. It done. So, okay. So that I'll say this then. I'll, I'll give one little tidbit because I know we've been ranting here and I, I got passionate on the topic. When you're in business, you got to be willing to bleed to honor your word. Mm, elaborate on that. Okay. Here's what other cultures might have mm-hmm. or every good business person has mm-hmm. that every bad business person probably doesn't have, but you got to want to have it. Okay. I owe you 10. Mm -hmm. I have 15. My bills are going to be seven. Mm -hmm. How much do I give you today? 10. You owe me 10. (laughs) I owe you 10. Yeah. I have 15. No, you owe me 10. My bills are going to be seven. And you figure it out. And that's the difference. Mm -hmm. Because I know, and bro, I've been scratching, hurting. (laughs) There have been times I've paid clients, like, you know, you you trade or you, you make a business deal. <clears throat> you pay the client and I look at the team and say, there's nothing for us. Mm-hmm. You pay the client and you look at the team and say, there's nothing for us. Mm-hmm. Why? Because we owe the client. Mm-hmm. We owe our business partner. Yes. We owe this. Too often, what will happen in that scenario, <laughs> right? you already know what's happening. Too often, what happens in that scenario is 
I give you eight. Mm-hmm. And explain that the two's Why? coming later. And yeah. da, 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 because I kept the seven to cover my bills. Yeah. When I would say this, in business, you're not trying to gain money. You're trying to gain favor. Facts. You're not trying to gain money. You're trying to gain favor. Because let me tell you what. When I pay you the 10 today and then go beg Bell or Rogers or whoever's calling mm-hmm. me for the other two that I don't have. and mm-hmm. There will come a day where you will save me from needing to make those calls again. You'll yes. give me the two. Yes. Because you'll be like, this guy paid me 10. Yeah. That's what we need to want. Okay. What we got to want to do is when when I'm short and yeah. it's on me, mm-hmm. I wear the crown and the burden of being in business. Yeah. No, it, I'm the, I'm the, yo, I'm the first person short. Yeah. I'm the first person short, mm-hmm. not the last person short. That is the mental paradigm shift that has to happen. Mm-hmm. I was looking at a business the other day. I could not believe it. I could not believe it. I could not believe it. They had gotten... I mean, I, I, I'm under ideas. <laughs> okay. Yeah. $4.5 million in investment. Mm-hmm. They've gotten $4.5 million in investment. It's been about two years. Mm-hmm. The company that had given them the $4.5 million in investment now wants out. Oh, how does that work? Uh, they're just saying, you know, whatever projection that they were given on the business, they want to walk. Okay. So now this company is looking for new investors mm-hmm. to get out the, the guy who... Give them the four point five million dollars. Yeah, payroll is always something that should be big on your balance sheet because you're paying yeah. your people. Yeah, four point five million dollars. Four point five million dollars. <laughs> we go in and say, "Hey, how's the revenue? Revenue's weak. Revenue's yeah. been weak since last year. Yeah, failed to really get up where we needed to get, but we're gonna get it going this year. Now, this yeah. year's where we're getting the party started. We'll be at break even uh, here at the end of the year. Okay. How much did you say it would cost to get the whole thing up and running? Well. <clears throat> when we first started this projection, we said, you know, uh, five to six million is going to get us all the way home. Yeah. Okay. So you're a million and a half shy of pay dirt. Yeah. But you're still in trouble. Mm-hmm. $4.5 million. The two executives paid themselves into their problem. Mm. Paid themselves high salaries. Mm-hmm. That's what they, I always ask. Yeah. Every founder. Yeah. You taking a salary from the company? Yeah. Yeah, how much? How much you paying yourself? Mm-hmm. What you always look for a founder to do is pay themselves a medial salary because nobody should go hungry. Can, can you give those numbers out? Like what a medial salary would be? It depends on the size of the business. Okay, fair, fair, fair. For these guys, for example, for these guys... Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know. You don't have to... I don't want to get you in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> they paid themselves way too much. Okay, fair. Of their seed investment, of yeah. their seed investment, which is the only money in the business, mm-hmm. 70% went to wages. Ooh. 70%. They left 30% of investment money to grow the to company. Give the company even a chance. Yeah. And paid themselves because they said they had the expertise that would make the 30% grow and they're back at the deal table. <sighs> and you just started. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Okay. That's the problem. Noted. <laughs> Noted. So we have too many businesses that like doing that too. Mm hmm. Where the founder or the leader doesn't want to be the first person to take the pay cut. Mm-hmm. They want to be the last person. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you this right now. If my numbers start going upside down, mm-hmm. first person taking a pay cut is me. Mm-hmm. It's the first person. I, I heard a quote the other day. It says, uh, a good leader gets paid last. Last. Mm-hmm. Last. Last. Because remember this line from The Dark Knight when Catwoman's dancing with Bruce Wayne and she says, all of you will wonder how... Um, how it was right for you to get so fat and leave so little for the rest of us. Mm. How, how, like, how am I going to pay myself first and I'm looking at you hungry? Yeah. 
Exactly. And we're here because of my decisions. Yeah. Remember, I'm in charge. Yeah. So that means I steered us into a place where only I could eat. Yeah. You can't trust me ever. Yeah, exactly. And that's why people turn on you too. So, yeah, uh, good leaders get paid last. Okay. Good leaders get paid last. Good leaders take the first pay cut. Mm-hmm. So get paid last, get hit first. Okay. But in exchange for that, yeah, you get to reap the reward. Okay. That's why my guy yeah. never wants to be known as the guy. Yeah. Because I understand that rule. Yeah. The first punch is mine. Mm-hmm. The last dollar is mine. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, that last dollar could be a big dollar. Yeah. Because, right? yeah. <laughs> you know, we're going to divide it up. And, you know, yeah, I will definitely take the rest. Yeah. Oh, there's all this. Oh, wow. Look yeah. at me. You know, I'm not going to play. Yeah, We're yeah. not playing. Yeah. But, but you got paid first. I showed yeah. you that respect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll take the rest. Fair. Fair. If we're doing a good job, the rest should be a good rest. Okay. Okay. That's how we look at it. One of the um, <coughs> one of the clips that I seen, and I just uh, a few questions left, and uh, that that made me want to talk to you on the podcast is uh, the work life balance. Yes, and exist. yeah. So for me, I hundred percent understand that. Yeah. Like, for I'll give you an example. I was sick the other day, and then my mom texts me. She's like, you know, I think you should slow down. I'm like, mom, I'm not. Slow, slow down for what mm-hmm. i'm not one i'm not where i want to be two i have this vision for this all this whole thing mm-hmm. and i'm i'm no i'm not going to be anyone's pity story because mm-hmm. i'm sick so what do you have to say about work-life balance do you listen to friday the mm-hmm. artist uh i just started uh getting getting on now that god did right not even god did man friday has a record called blessings mm-hmm. we'll play for you oh people. yeah no no i heard that okay. yeah that is my track yeah hey. yo. yo yeah yeah i'll walk through the house man. <laughs> Turn all the speakers on. Because uh, I'm thankful. For, come on. Yeah, I don't know yeah, where I want to be. Yeah. Um, here's my commentary on work-life balance. When I was doing my company full-time, I dreamed of the day when I could do it mm-hmm. full-time. Sorry, when I was doing my company part... I'll go back. When I dreamed of my company, I dreamed of being able to do it. Mm-hmm. Then there was a time when I dreamed of being able to do it part-time. Mm-hmm. Then there was a time I was doing it part-time and I dreamed of being able to do it full-time. Mm-hmm. Then there was a time I dreamed of doing it. I dreamed it would match my current wages. Mm-hmm. Then there was a time I wish it would give me current wages and allow me to employ other people. Mm-hmm. Then there was a time I wish it would give me current wages and employ other people and take care of my family. Mm-hmm. Then there was the... <laughs> yeah, whatever yeah, that yeah. list is. Where in any of those dreams did I dream of rest? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I was hungry for this. Yeah. One thing I never, ever, 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 ever forget is that the opportunity to live out your dreams is a privilege exactly that everyone gets yeah i dishonor this joy mm-hmm. if i take a break exactly i dishonor it because mm-hmm. so many people are punching clocks for companies that they hate they hate exactly and when i push myself to the limit and i break myself to the bone mm-hmm. it's for me mm-hmm. and that's what i try to explain too i'm like yo when it's all said and done i want my energy to be spent like yo however i go that's it you know that None he left. gave yeah, i have nothing left yeah. and i'm okay with I'm okay with what the, I'm okay with the cost. Mm-hmm, exactly. I think and I think that's the thing where like that was when I started to realize like yo I think not like I'm broken but like yo this is not for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Because yo I'm okay with what it costs me. Mm-hmm. I I'm gonna share this story for free. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I was in a relationship mm-hmm. and I was engaged. Mm-hmm. I had to call off my engagement. Mm-hmm. We. Didn't work out for a bunch of different reasons. It was mm-hmm. the company. One of the conversations we're having um, is wow. <laughs> <laughs> One of the conversations we're having 
is she looked me in the eye and she said, when I was a little girl and I dreamt of what my husband would be like, Mm -hmm. I didn't see a man who was working all the time. Mm -hmm. Didn't see a man who was working all the time. I, I ate that line and I immediately didn't care. Mm. This is the woman I was going to give my life to. Mm -hmm. Because let me tell you what I wanted mm-hmm. before I wanted a woman, mm-hmm. before I wanted a kiss, mm-hmm. before I wanted a hug. Yeah. I wanted to be successful. Mm-hmm. So I'm so sorry you didn't see that because mm-hmm. I did. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I'm sure she didn't see not working anymore. I'm sure she didn't see all the bags, yeah. all the jewelry I bought you. Up. <laughs> 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 yeah. You saw that, though. <laughs> <laughs> but it is... um. My allegiance to that is so bizarre, man. Mm-hmm. It's so bizarre. I remember I was a kid once. The pastor put his hand on my head. He said, the Lord has called you to great things. Mm-hmm. How many times in your life is, you know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't at church for you, but there's that moment where somebody looking at you and say, yo, you, 100%. you're not supposed to be here. 100%. Yo, you're bigger than this. 100%. Oh, man, I can see it in you. You're not one of them. Mm-hmm. Yo, you, bro, I don't know why. Those are like my like Lion King moments. Yeah, yeah, me too. I honor that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who looked at a child? Yeah. and said, "Yo, go. You, now. you got it." So then, come on, mm-hmm. come on, man. Mm-hmm. Because it's like there's something to resonate with that message. Mm-hmm. There's something to get that message, mm-hmm. but there's nothing to resonate with it mm-hmm. for the rest of your life. A hundred percent. And you know what? Just go uh, to the point to um, where you're talking about your relationship. That's exactly why I don't get into a relationship or have kids. <laughs> because like, literally, you're on camera, man. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Hey, 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 he didn't mean it. Hey, no, he's he's calling you back. No, it was a great day. No, it's no. It's, seriously, <laughs> see, I, I, that's I'm exactly why I don't be talking no, to nobody. No, somebody walk. No, I'm open and honest about it because at the end of the day, a healthy relationship yeah. is going to require a lot of energy that mm-hmm. I don't necessarily i'm selfish with my energy right now mm-hmm. i'm so selfish with my time mm-hmm. and i know i'm just not going to be the best version the best boyfriend uh, eventually fiance mm-hmm. husband mm-hmm. so i'm not starting that now yeah. so i 100 percent get that yeah i mean yeah it's it's man it's yo there was this one time where she looked at me man it's it's crazy wow <laughs> <laughs> one time she looks at me she goes i'm not your top priority <laughs> I'm not your top priority. My response is you're my top human priority. Mm. <sighs> That's a tough one to solve. Wow. <laughs> it's crazy. And I don't know. I used to say this all the time. The greatest burden I have is my ambition is a black hole. There will mm-hmm. never be anything big enough to stop this. Mm-hmm. It is over. So let me ask you a question. When you have close people to your life, right? And obviously, unfortunately, that you guys went your separate ways. Do you see me when people leave me for those type of things? I don't feel resent. I get it. Mm. I get. Do you feel the same thing? I mean, she was my fiance. I was a little upset. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, I wasn't be upset. No, no, I'm but in, a, in the grand scheme of things, do you understand? I think many, 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 many years ago, I accepted that a lot of this was just me doing it. Mm-hmm. That this road was me alone. Mm-hmm. Even my guy, mm-hmm. we're not like each other. We're not the same. Mm-hmm. We don't relate. We're different. Sometimes we joke and I say, man, I hate you so much. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. you know, he goes, I hate you too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but one thing that is great about him, he's never let me forget who I said I thought I was. Fair. Fair. He's, he'll say, that's not me. Yeah. I'm never going to be that way. Yo, you crazy. 
but I'll never let you forget it. You told me mm-hmm. that you could do this. Mm-hmm. So no, it doesn't. It doesn't affect me when people leave because it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, if I wanted what everybody else had, I would do what everybody else was doing. Exactly. I learned many years ago. I stopped. Yo, it was years ago. I stopped doing what everybody else was doing. Mm-hmm. When I first started trading, I went to my college football teammates' house, the closest guys with me. I figured out this thing. Mm-hmm. I came and said, "Guys, trust me. I'll teach you." Mm-hmm. Twenty dollars an hour because I just quit my job. I said, "Just keep me alive, you know. Mm-hmm. Keep me alive." Twenty dollars an hour. One dude came up and said, yeah, but how do I know it's really making money, though? Mm. That's my dog, man. I throw him money. Mm. I will never teach that mm. damn thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to teach him nothing. Yeah. Because I, you need those energies sometimes, that, mm-hmm. that that thing where it's like, again, you didn't have to believe in the vision. I needed you to believe in me in that moment. Yeah. And you didn't have it in you. Yeah. You know? There, there's there's value to those who believe in in us. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, Fair. I, if I was to say anything, it's, there are those who will not survive the journey, mm-hmm. but they played a very important part, part. I agree. For when they were on the road. I agree. And I, and I will honor you mm-hmm. and I will revere you mm-hmm. and I will hold you close in my heart, mm-hmm. but I will not stop. Mm-hmm. Fair, fair, fair. Yes. Okay. Travo, there's two questions that I ask everybody on the show. Okay. okay I'm ready for this part. And, uh, I my research too, <laughs> Okay, there you go, there you go. So the first question is, what's the best advice you received and what's the worst advice you received and you do not have to say any names? Mm -hmm. The best advice I received was don't quit. Mm Mm-hmm. Can you elaborate on that? When there was a there was a period of time I was losing a lot trying to chase this. Thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was losing all my disposable cash. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what it's like when it's like you're, you're probably still working at another job or whatever, and you have a certain amount of disposable cash and you're dumping it mm-hmm. into trying to grow a business, mm-hmm. and you're not seeing the fruit yet. Mm-hmm. And all your other friends who don't have that burden look like they live in large and they great. And it's mm-hmm. hard, man. You know. Mm-hmm. I had a friend of mine once who was getting married mm-hmm. and uh, I was so broke I couldn't use the travel agent. Jeez. And everybody and I was in the wedding party mm-hmm. oh. and everybody's using the travel agent yeah. and they're going to go to Dominican Republic for yeah. for five days. Yeah. I cobbled together I'm in the wedding party I cannot go I cobbled together what money I had and I went to Dominican Republic for three days uh, just so I wouldn't miss his wedding. Mm-hmm. I landed one day, which was the wedding rehearsal, the mm-hmm. day after was the wedding. Mm-hmm. I flew out after the wedding. Jeez. Because the cheapest I can get. And these flights had connections everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I only went with a carry-on, one backpack. My suit was in my backpack and a, and a duffel bag because I couldn't afford the luggage. Mm-hmm. I had an aunt pass away. Couldn't go Couldn't go to the funeral. Um, you know, you're working a lot of overtime when you're doing these things. I was tired all the time. Mm-hmm. Hated my birthday. Mm -hmm. That's the part that still lingered to this day. But I still hate my birthday. Mm -hmm. I was just so exhausted. Didn't have time to plan my own party, Mm -hmm. you know, or or, or tell my friends, "Hey, come to this place." No, I just hated it. And I wanted to quit, man. I was so tired of it. I was so tired. I didn't didn't see a life from it. Mm -hmm. Didn't see a life from it. And my guy, the uh, the my guy who's still my guy. Yes, who's, who's here now. So just don't quit me. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? It's, cool, man. it's costing me so much. 
Because yeah, it's gonna get, but it's gonna get you all of it back. Mm-hmm. It, but it's gonna get you all of it back. Don't quit, bro. Mm-hmm. That was a great day. Mm-hmm. That was a good day. Because mm-hmm. I, I was close, man. Mm-hmm. Very close. I I do believe that every successful entrepreneur goes through that that last test where it, there's it looks like there's no hope, yeah. and then. If you you have the crossroad because we uh, you have a crossroad because we do as humans have the power of choice. Mm-hmm. It's either you're gonna persevere or you're just gonna call it quits. Yeah, dude, I was taking like payday loans and stuff just to keep stuff going. I was in line at like I had a trifecta of payday loans I visit on a Thursday. Yeah, geez. Thursday's payday. Yeah. You know, and I was like, man, what am I doing, bro? Yeah, what am I doing? Yeah. Worst advice? Ooh, work life balance. Worst advice I ever got was. Uh, some some cockamamie nonsense. Like, <laughs> time for yourself. Are you yeah, crazy? Yeah. <laughs> so stop and smell the roses. What yeah, roses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Would, any version of like relax is yeah. the worst advice ever. Yeah, that one's easier. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Last question. Um, on the show, we like to make predictions. Mm-hmm. So in five years, I want to be like, you know what, Travell did say he was going to do that. Mm-hmm. In five years, where do you see yourself? I'm going to own a sports team. <sighs> I like that. Any sport uh, particular that you're looking at? I mean, I'd love to own something domestic. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm own a sports team. Um, and why is that important to you? Because I have ego. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. It's the same reason Dr. Jerry Buss bought the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Jerry Buss was a huge business magnet in mm-hmm. LA, making mm-hmm. money known in every club. Mm-hmm. Jerry says, but when I tell people I buy buildings, they have no idea what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. See, if I tell them I own the Lakers. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got ego like everybody else. Yeah. Um, I'd love to own a sports team. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be associated with something that everybody knows you for. Mm-hmm. Mark Cuban invented broadband almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Invented a way to watch TV online. Mm-hmm. That's Mark Cuban. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they know him for the Dallas Mavericks. Yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you know? And they know him for the Dallas Mavericks. You know? Yeah. When I look at it from that perspective, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's do it. Joe Sai. Joe Sai. Uh, that's Brooklyn? Alibaba. 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 Yeah. He is, he was the successful number two to the Amazon of the East. Yeah. And because of Jack Ma, couldn't keep his mouth shut. Yeah. And they kind of disappeared him. Jo- Josiah would have been the leader of Alibaba. Yeah. But they know him as the owner of the Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. Okay. Fair. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You look at it from that perspective. You know, and not only uh, for your ego, but I just think for just us as a community to get in those spaces too, because yeah, exactly. Um, I just feel like there's a lot going on, especially with NFL and team ownership. And there's no black owners in uh, there's no black owners in the EPL either. Yeah, I see Ryan Reynolds and uh, uh, McElhaney Mm -hmm. bringing up Wrexham from the small leagues. That's how you got to do it. You you. In England, it's easier to do. You buy a small team, you infuse some cash, get some coaches. Yeah. You try and bring them up the pyramid. Mm-hmm. If you get to the Premier League, you can sell it. You make mm-hmm. your dollars back. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's over the pond. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, they got to deal with us. Michael, even Michael Jordan, you know, he, he sold Charlie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Trying to get out from under. So yeah, yeah. But I think the owner of the Kings is Indian. I think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's Indian. Yeah. But pigment wise, I don't think there's too much left. No. So. No. Okay. Um, for anybody that's trying to contact you, obviously you're a busy person, so you can't give out your personal information like that. Depends. How, how pretty? Okay. I, I'll, how, how pretty is she? Uh, 
let people know where they can like you know find more of your stuff or yeah. just find more of you to get to know you or our email address what have you yeah i always like to think that i'm just a representation of of the team uh behind the company that i represent Fair. so when anytime people want to uh find me i say find the company so that's uh info at the drive group dot ca is our website no what am i saying it's the drive group dot ca (laughs) is our website the drive group dot ca is our website uh the drive group inc is our instagram handle the drive group inc is our instagram handle and our uh to communicate with us it's communications at the drive group dot ca okay communications at the drive group dot ca but yeah the funnest thing and the thing i'm proud of stuff that we're doing from our content rollout to information that we have Mm -hmm. uh is our instagram so the drive group inc uh, I we do weekly videos. We do a five and five, which is sort of a news summary. I do little uh, sort of corporate vignettes on stories. Uh, we do these sort of long form content uh, mm-hmm. head up by our head of communications, a guy named Ryan Ferneri, who's a great director. We did one on the financial collapse in March. Okay, that, that's a good way to condense how how serious that was when Silicon Valley Bank and all those other banks were going under. Mm-hmm. We're gonna do we're gonna do a couple others on the debt ceiling. Okay, there's a huge thing coming up right now in the states with the debt ceiling. That is world. America's never defaulted on his debt. Okay. We're getting close. Okay. Um, that's going to be exciting to see. Obviously, we're going to be doing a whole lot of content about Elon Musk and Twitter. Okay. He's trying to privatize the American social conversation just in time for the election. Yep. Let's see what happens there. A lot of fun stuff. And then obviously here in Canada, I mean, we're getting ready. We're getting geared. We're gearing up now. You see the knives getting sharpened. Mm-hmm. The bullets are going into the holsters. I think somebody's going to try to take a swipe at Trudeau here soon. Okay. And obviously, we have low voter turnout in this country. Mm-hmm. It's part of the reason that um, it's probably not as exciting, but we're going to try and change that too. Okay. I'm going to try and lean into some of these Canadian stories because some of this stuff is... We need this. I mean, it's it's, it, it's it. fun stuff, but I, yeah. actually, I think it's so aloof that people don't do the work to yes. understand it. But man, some of the stuff that's going on is really interesting. Also too, I just want to even encourage what you're doing because I do believe that you're a voice that can break it down for our, especially for our community, yeah. that can break it down into simple terms and make it look cool. Oh, well, anyway, <laughs> try, try, try and do something. But so, yeah, in, I encourage uh, that. The Drug Group Inc. Uh, and that's on Instagram. Okay, dope. Thank you, bro. Appreciate okay. it. Welcome Thank back you. anytime. Choo, choo, choo. Black on black. If I studied that facts on facts.